It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Hey, what is up, everyone? Welcome to the Crack House Chronicles. I am Donnie, your host, and with me is a man who considers himself a peacemaker because basically he's usually the one that started the argument. It's Dale. <laughs> yeah, you're probably damn right about that. <laughs> peacemaker just means walk away and let it, just, just walk away. <laughs> That's it, bud. What's happening today? How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. How you? I'm doing a little bit better. You know, we've had some, some issues going on and stuff, but everything seems to be... All right, I guess. First All time right. So uh, sorry about missing last week, but stuff happens, man. It is, man. Things happen. That's just the way. It, that's the way life is. Right. You got any good shout outs for us? Anything today? Well, we dug up a few. <laughs> just kidding. Um, Scraping the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, yeah. Nobody loves us. I'm just kidding. Twice two, twice kittens. Anyway, to give a shout out to uh, Stephanie Hamrick. Uh, sorry, we'll get your stickers out to you as soon as I can. I've had some stuff going on, and I apologize, but uh, we'll give you a good shout out, and then we'll send you a little merch back. I appreciate you. Thanks for listening, Stephanie. And we we'll give a shout out to uh, one of our good buddies, uh, Felicity, who is a host of the Unknown Passage podcast. She gave us a killer shout out the other week in the episode, and we just thought we would uh, repay that debt. And uh, you guys go over and check it out. She's got a really killer podcast, and uh, she digs us, so she's a good person. Felicity, we really appreciate you. Yeah, check it out. And also, uh, today today's show was an, a recommendation that came from uh, Ray Ray, uh, a YouTuber, who uh, asked if we would uh, would cover this today. And uh, so we're going to do this one for you, Ray Ray. Ray Ray. Is it Ray Ray or is it Ray Ray? Yeah. <laughs> it's ray ray of the ray all right ray i guess hell i don't know ray ray mr ray ray we re- yeah. <laughs> we appreciate the recommendation we really do all right Dale, we're gonna get into our episode bud all righty this is the case of don spirit all righty and we hadn't really done a case like this this is a little bit different for us because there's a lot of stuff and there's a lot of it's all over the place yeah there's a lot of stuff, and then there's nothing, really. Yeah, and so, this takes place in Florida. Yeah, I don't think we've had a we've done well. We have done a Florida case, but not a Florida one like this. No, this is really different. Yeah, and we're talking about Don Spirit, and he was born on December the eleventh, nineteen sixty-two. He lived in the Tampa area, right? And he was married to. Christine Jeffers Spirit. And he had one sister named Cindy Spirit Rich. And they had, him and Christine, they had three kids together, Dale. Right. Uh, Sarah Lorraine Spirit, Kyle Spirit, and Josh Spirit. Spirit. That's a pretty cool name. But getting back to Don, he was noted by his wife, who was, after his, they became ex-spouses that he had a little bit of bipolar going on he had a lot of issues yeah yeah a little mental health going on and that we're going to get into yeah now it was reported that don 
was arrested a lot. Yep. For several different things. Oh, yeah, all over the place. Uh, drugs, marijuana, uh, speeding violations. Assault. Yeah. Domestic violence. Yeah. You know, he even he had some felonies and stuff. He is, he is, his record was fairly long. I think um, his felony was uh, possession of marijuana. Yeah, felony charge. So he must have had a. I was gonna say a shitload. He must have had a lot. Yeah. So he did have a felony. Right. And we're gonna get up to the point where Don and his two boys they go on a hunting trip. Right. And they are near Tampa, and they were out in the woods walking around with the the gun Don had. Right. And just, yeah, I never did say if they all had guns or not. I never did. So it was never. Find I, out. I couldn't find out. A, you can't find out a whole lot about nothing, truthfully, but. But anyway, yeah. they were out hunting, and Don noticed some rust on the end of his rifle. On his muzzle, yeah. Yeah, on the muzzle part of it. And he was showing it to the boys, and Kyle, the youngest one, looked down to see it, and the gun went off. Mm. Shot him in the head. Killed him instantly. And it had been reported that Don had put him in the back of the truck. Yeah, yeah. And, and him, sped up to a campground trying to get him some help, right? Yeah. Doing CPR and everything, but... It was... It was he couldn't do nothing for him. Couldn't do nothing for him. And I think this left Don in a state bad, of depression. Bad state of affairs. Yeah, you know, he was already, I don't know what I want to say. Mental. Yeah, I mean, you know, he he always he already had some problems, let's put it that way. And then, you know, with everything, and I don't really know much about his mental state at the time, but, you know, it seemed like it was, it was okay, not great, you know, as far as everything that he had done in the past. But then, you know, so he's taking his kids out on a, on a hunting trip, which a lot of people do, and then this happens. But it's kind of weird to me. I know a lot of people say they thought maybe he did it on purpose, but I don't really think so because at this, at this point, I don't think he's, he's, he's in, the, in that place, especially with his boys. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. It's kind of odd to me to go, hey, look at the rust on in my barrel. But I mean, it's kind of an odd circumstance. But I don't. I don't think it was a purpose. I just think it was accidental shooting. Yeah. And what do you think? I don't know. I mean, if you're any kind of gun owner, you you're going to keep you the the gun pointed down. Should you should be? Yeah, but how can you look at the the rust on the muzzle if you point them down? How do you know it was there? <laughs> Why in the hell would you look at it anyway? Exactly. So it's just kind of weird, and I guess. The explanation comes from Don, so we don't really know why. Yeah. You know. But you can make your own judgment about that and judge it off of this case that we're going to talk about. Right. That's just my two cents. Yeah. But with Don having a felony against him, he wasn't allowed to carry a gun. Right. Now, he didn't get in trouble for the shooting. It was a it was a ruled accident, but he did get in trouble for having a firearm. Yes. So he was sentenced to three years in the, in the jail. But he did go to uh, prison for three years for this. Yes. And he took, he actually pled guilty to this to take the the minimum sentence. He was actually, if he hadn't pled guilty, he was going to get up to 15 years. Mm. So he took the three years. Right. Now, during this time that he was in prison, his wife divorced him. She took this time to get the hell out of Dodge. Yeah. Which is smart, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Because I'm um, sure she's probably scared of him, even though the, now, you know, didn't they, she went and pleaded actually for them to take it easy on him because, uh, you know, he's, this has really been bad on him and this has uh, put him in this state of depression and then no, uh, I don't know how long between this happened and when he went to jail, but you know, the timeline, but you know, she said that he'd been to many doctors and, and they couldn't find any medication that would help him and said that she found him crying almost every day. So yeah. that's why I'm thinking maybe this, I really don't think it was intentional because it, it was really, I think this might've been 
part of the pussy over the edge mm-hmm. incident right here. Yep. And then, you know, she, uh, while he was in, she she divorced him, which is probably smart on her part because I'm sure she was not, uh, well, let's see. I'm sure she was probably scared of him. Yeah. Especially of all the shit that they've already been through and with all his, uh, uh, his long, lengthy record of abuse. Yep. But they lived in Tampa, Florida until 1998. Like we said, Don was arrested many times for felony, drug possession, obstruction of justice, depriving a child of food and shelter. And he did have a long criminal record. All kind of shit, yeah. Yep. But uh, like I said, he was jailed for three years until 2006. You know, and then while she, you know, she, you said that uh, she filed for divorce while he was in prison. Yes. And through the letters, you know, they said they were fighting over who's getting a jet ski and who's getting a camper. And, and Don had actually said he thought he was the better parent. That's what he said. And so, and apparently they, you know, why well, he gets the kids when he gets out, right? So He does. So how the hell does that happen? She must have been a terrible parent not to get them kids and them having all this on him. And I can't find anything on this woman at right. all. There's, you can't find anything. So I don't know what's up with her. Yeah, that's very rare that, that the husband gets gets custody, plus the fact that he's just getting out of prison for all this and, and his record. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of strange to me that it even happens. Yeah. Now, when he was in prison now, didn't – I think his uh, his oldest daughter, his daughter, had she had one kid when he went in and two more when he got out? Yes, she had three kids yeah. while he was in prison. Right, so she was having a few. Yeah. So I don't know how old she was at this point. but Yeah, the first baby daddy of Sarah, his name was <laughs> Edward Coleman, and he was the father of the three oldest children. And he was in state prison for a lot of burglary and uh, grand theft charges. The father. Yeah, the, the, for the three oldest kids, Sarah's three oldest kids. So I wonder when he went to prison, does it say? It doesn't say. I haven't found anything okay. about that. So Caleb, Kyle, and Jonathan were his three boys. Yes. Okay. And he was serving a 25-year sentence. So he ain't getting out. No. And, no time soon. Yep. Sarah's second baby daddy was Jamie Stewart, and he is in the Levi County Jail on probation violation charges, according to his online records, and... But there's nothing else in there about yeah. why he was in there for anything, why, right. what his probation was. And she, she's got three kids from this guy, too, right? Yes. Destiny, Brandon, and Alana. Yep. So we got a lot of similarities here. we got three kids by two dudes, and both of them's in prison. Yeah, Sarah's not – her track record ain't that great. Man. No. But she did – I think she maybe had a little bit of mental health stuff going on because she did suffer from epilepsy. Mm. And – well, you know, and they were all on drugs doing they were it was also said that they were doing like the K two synthetic what do you call it? Um spice. Yeah, spice. fake fake weed. Yeah. Which is kinda weird, which I don't you know, what year was this? Is is fake weed more expensive or cheaper than regular weed? I don't know. Why are you asking me? I don't know. Do you not know? No. I don't know either. I don't know why in Florida why would they be smoking fake weed this season? I don't know, man. I don't know. It's, I don't. I'm, I don't know nothing about that. It might, hell, it might be cheaper. I don't know. It's probably easier to get. That's probably when you can get it from the store, you know. Because there for a while, when that stuff come out, you could get it about anywhere, and then they banned it. Mm-hmm. So around here, anyway. But now, shortly after Dom was released from prison, they moved to the town of Bell, Florida. Right. And this is a town of about five hundred people. And it is just south of Tallahassee, Florida, and west of Gainesville. 
Yeah, it's just tiny. It's about three hours north of Tampa. And, you know, like other places of Florida, you know, got all the music parks and things like that. This is not known for anything like that. It's just a farm area. Right. Dairy and just rolling hills. A little rural. Rural. This is where people, you know, spend a lot of time dirt biking, hunting, fishing, and people living in mobile homes on several acres. Right. And Yeah, I think he had a couple acres when they moved out there. Yeah. But the only thing is there wasn't much for uh, work out there. There wasn't a lot of jobs. You either cut trees, hauled gravel, or... Yeah, stuff like that. Physical work jobs. And then it said him being a felon, you know, it's probably not easy for him to find a job either to support his family. But, you know, this town of Bell, you know, 500 people, I've even read, too, that, you know, people there, they know your good business and they know your bad business. I'm sure. Everybody probably knows everybody. Yep, exactly. And they know everything about the Spirit family. Yeah. Because we're going to get into some of the things that happened while they were there in Bell. When Sarah was 22 years old, she was eight months pregnant with her fourth kid, Dale. And she called the police pretty much in a panic and telling them that her father was violent. She was afraid of him and she had nowhere to go. And it was at this time he had pushed her against the refrigerator and actually put his hands really hard on her face and caused a lot of pain to her. Yeah, I think she was she was living with him and he was wanting her to pay his property taxes she she said no and that's when he went off on her yeah and sarah even wrote that her father threatened to make her life hell if she ever called the authorities and even if she went to the police Mm -hmm. and she tried to get a a restraining order but never followed up on it and the online on the online court records show uh don was later sentenced to six months in jail on battery charge on sarah Mm. now dale there were many calls to the Florida Abuse Hotline about the crazy parenting skills of Sarah Spirit. It began in 2008, and they were neglect of these kids, abuse, beatings, burnings, medical neglect, poor supervision, drug abuse, abandonment, domestic battery. There was even one of the kids uh, was held back in school for two years for lice. Yes. Yeah. And one of the boys had stepped on a piece of glass, a shard of glass, and cut his foot. Pretty bad. Yeah, and Sarah s- soaked it in bleach and wrapped duct tape around it. Yeah, put tissue on it and wrapped duct tape on it. There you go. Yeah, and they tried to, I guess, doctor him at school or get her to take him to the doctor. Yeah, the school nurse was trying to get her to take him to the doctor, which she never did. I can't imagine. Bleach burns like crazy. Oh, crazy, man. Said eventually that... uh. I think the the resource officer took him to a to the doctor eventually after being talked to by the nurse. Yeah, and had something done. And I think, and even when uh, DCF asked about that, it's like, well, yeah, everything's been taken care of, you know, with with some help with some friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll get into more of that anyway. But there were like ever eighteen investigations in this family through throughout all this stuff. And they kept coming back. I mean, the police knew where this home was. Yeah, they were very familiar with the spirit. Mm-hmm. Home. Yeah, and said the children were stealing food because they were all hungry. And, and then even the spirits were insisted that the family were having steak for dinner, and the children were going, Yeah, but we ate cereal and ramen noodles, and they had to, they dined on steak and vegetables. And uh, even uh, Don beat the kids for, with a belt for jumping on the couch. It was just all, on and on, man. Constantly. And one of the little girls nearly lost all of her teeth because of rot. <sighs> man. Yep. And like we said, the Department of Children and Family Services. 
offered parenting skills to Sarah, and she mostly refused them. Mm-hmm. And then once in 2013, she agreed to accept help, but then dropped from the program. Yeah. They said, well, she just told them she'd try. She'd really try harder. And at one point, the, the agency took her children from her. It was around 2007, but then gave them back to her. Yeah. They could have, you know, done a little, little better, I think. And the caseworkers, private child welfare agency, threatened to take legal action against Sarah if she continued to harm her kids, but the threat didn't go anywhere. So and basically, they just laid around getting high all the time. Yeah. On whatever crack cocaine was alleged also, and this this fake weed and everything, and nobody's taking care of the kids at all. I mean, it's it's hard enough, you know, with a couple of kids, but can you imagine having six little kids, and you, she ain't working. No, she's not working. That she couldn't work, really, if you mm-hmm. all them kids. How could you work? Mm-mm. So she's just, and then both their baby daddies are, are in prison, so she's not getting any support there. So I don't know what. She's probably getting maybe food stamps or something. She's probably selling them off or whatever. And I can't imagine. I don't know. It's all speculation on my part, but that's just the way it looks to me, you know. So it looks like she don't really have a choice but to stay with Dawn. Yeah. I mean, what else can she do? That's her only choice. Even though their father-daughter relationship was very strained. Volatile. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And there was at one point, Dale, after the, the baby was born, she went to a neighbor to ask for diapers and food yeah i think at one point that she was actually living in a shack and one of her her uh baby's daddy (laughs) one of her baby daddies her family had an old dilapidated shack on the back of their property they were living there for a while and that's when she went to to the neighbors asking for for food and some diapers and stuff and that's when she realized she didn't have no choice but to to move back in with Mm donna so it was just in and out in and out and and I'm sure he, he. I don't know. I don't. I don't say I'm sure. I don't. You know, it was also said that he had, he had said that he hated them kids and he wished somebody come get them. And then somebody say, well, you know, he he didn't really mean that. And but it was just it's just all over the place. Yep. Yeah. Don's spirit was very violent, and he had a history of violence against his daughter and the kids. Her yep. kids. Even the detailed records suggest that the DCS frequent contacts with the spirit family often left the small children no better off than they were. No. It's it's pitiful. I mean, this is this went over for like eight years. Yeah. I mean, not just you know a couple times here and there, but over eight years. And like you said, the kids were stealing food just to be able to eat. Yeah, because they're hungry. I mean, man, they said um, the kids would be left at the at the drug house. Yeah, we go to crack house and just leave the kids there. Yep, not our crack house, but yeah, a, a real a real crack house. Yeah. Yep. It's pretty damn sad. Yep, it's pitiful about these kids, man. Yeah, they didn't have a chance. They really didn't. No, because the DCF, they were not trying at all no. to help these kids. And one of the boys had a broken leg. He was in a cast, and his mother, Sarah, had claimed that he fell off a trampoline. Yeah. And even the investigators questioned why a little boy would have been allowed on the trampoline. Yeah, I don't know where the trampoline was, whose it was, or which kid it was. But the DCF ruled there were no signs of abuse or neglect, even though one kid had a bite mark and yellow bruises. Yeah. Sure, nothing's going on. And it was it was at one point the one of the kids was found wandering the neighborhood with a steak knife. Yeah. And I thought I kinda of thought that was funny. He's like he's, he's just looking for something to eat. <laughs> I mean so I'm gonna take my knife my steak knife with me. Find me something I mean it's it ain't funny but it is. And all this time, Sarah had a history of chaotic lifestyle and poor decision making. And oh, but, really? <laughs> but but the report said that the children do not appear at risk. How can you look at this? I don't know. It's like 
it's it's like it's, these reports were in the 30s or something, you know, where they wrote it on a piece of paper and filed it and never look at it. It's not like, like yes. And this hasn't been that long ago, you know what I mean? I know. It ain't like the, uh, when you would punch it, punch it up on the computer, all that should just come up. This ain't 70s and 80s stuff. This is 2010 right, right. here. Yeah. Because in 2010, the DCF was told that Caleb, who was a preteen at the time, had suffered a cigarette lighter burn on his neck. Mm-hmm. And there were several hotline calls that arrived in 2012. In January of that year, the agency was told that Kylie, one of the girls, you know, like we said, had to repeat kindergarten twice because of chronic head lice. Yeah, that's awful. Hot damn, you just ain't paying attention to nothing except mm-hmm. for where you're getting your next high and your next baby. Yeah. Or something, I don't know, it's crazy. You know, and it, there's all more calls in over and over and over about they're doing drugs in front of the kids and all the adults are their eyes are always half closed you know and this is just message they left and it said even one time that the school guidance counselor um had paid the electric bill to keep the lights turned on yeah so that's how bad it was but yet everything's fine when you talk to the, the dcf yep and there was a report filed in may of 2013 that said dawn spirit had beaten eight-year-old Kylie with a belt, leaving bruises on her knees, and that Sarah's boyfriend at the time would wreck her house when he couldn't find their spice. Right, yeah, tear it all to hell. One little girl, I can't remember which one it was, I'm sorry about that, but one of them, she went to school, and she had some problems, and I was asking her about it, and she said that her mama had paddled her feet. Because she wouldn't go to bed. she wouldn't go to bed. Mm. So it's just Bruising it's just her pitiful. feet. And it was just so much dysfunction. Yeah, understatement. And in uh, July of that year, the DCF told Spirit that they left the six kids unattended at home so she could go get high. And the mother uses K2 drug on a daily basis and got high for years. And she does not pay attention to the kids. She can't be. Mm-mm. And there was a report that was closed on August the 28th of that year uh, by investigator Shelley McDarris and she concluded the allegations were the result of a false report made by a family member because of an altercation. And she stated that the children's needs are being met. Yeah. All right, Dale. We are going to get up to the pretty much the crux of our story. Yep. And, and it don't get no better, folks. This takes place on September the 14th, 2014. And this... Is when a 911 call is made by Don Spirit. Okay. And we have that 911 call right here. Okay. Go. All right, here we go. Hello? Okay, Kelly 911. What's the address of the emergency? Yes, ma'am. I, I, um, I just shot my daughter and shot all my grandkids, and I'll be sitting on my step. And when you get here, I'm going to shoot myself. What is the address that you're at, sir? 2550 Northwest, 25 Paris, downstairs. There, there, every one of them are dead. Uh, you said your name is Don Spirit? Yep. All right, Don, what kind of gun do you have? It doesn't matter what kind of gun I got. They're all dead, and then when you get here, I'll shoot myself, and then you figure out what kind of gun it is. How long did this happen, Don? I, I don't want to hear it, man. I'm done with all every fucking thing. Just bring the motherfuckers out here, that's all. 
We got all the kids are dead in the house. Okay, how many people? Okay, how many people? Six kids, one adult. Six kids and one adult? Yeah. One of them is a baby. All right, Don. Is there any way you can stay on the phone with me until I get somebody there to help you? What's that? Can I have you stay on the phone with me? No, I, no, not that. I'm waiting for them to get here. When they get here, I'm going to shoot myself on my back step. All I'm doing is waiting for them. Basically on your back steps? Yep. Um. Man, that's something else. That 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 call is uh, I don't know. It's uh, pretty terrifying, actually. I mean that that is the first time I heard it. I was like, "Is this an act?" Right. But because he sounds so calm at first tell you who's calm the damn operator that yeah the 911 operator kudos to her yeah whoever, i mean whoever she is yeah because i'm sure you know you can hear her just typing away and asking the questions and he's been you know being him okay so your name's this yeah you know and stuff and i'm like and when he says you know yeah they're all dead and you know one of them's a baby and all that i'm thinking i'm sure her heart just dropped you know but she she kept it together pretty darn good now mm-hmm. at the very near the end there you can you can hear a whisper something about i need some help or they need some help but overall you know it, she she done a hell of a job yeah and I, just, I can't figure out why he wanted to wait i don't know why he wanted to wait till they got there it's kind of odd i think don pretty much hung up on the 911 operator yeah i think so too because you know he she wanted to try to keep him on line and he, yeah. he wasn't having none of that shit he was yeah he was basically, come on out here and get on my, you know, um, I'm waiting on y'all, and then I'm going out too. Yep. For some reason, that was kind of weird. Because uh, it was nine minutes after the call was made, the police showed up. Yep. And when they got there, Dom was out in the yard with a, looked like a jug of water in his hand. Right. And when they got out, he told him, he said, I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the Stewarts. Colleen Stewart has turned Sarah into a whore and drugs and i'm fed up with this whole family the stewart family they ruined my life they ruined my life and i'm just tired of them all i've taken care of it today that's what he told him man because one thing that happened to sarah she had started i guess doing jobs for sex yes definitely yeah because she was using his phone don's phone to for the guys to call her yeah and this uh, Colleen Stewart, she was the aunt of her last baby daddy. Oh. Yeah, she was the aunt. Hmm. So she was the great aunt of these these uh, kids, these young, younger three kids. And she had uh, hooked her up to be able to do this, do sex work and drugs, with a guy named, all we could find was Jose. Jose. And he was from Trenton. I think it's just a town right outside of Bell, Florida. And I think uh, one time she had received 20 or 25 bucks. I think it was $20 for the first time and then 75 for the second time she was with him. 
And Don, her dad, was wanting some he's, of that money. He's wanting his cut. Yeah. So when I heard that, I was like, Don is pimping her out, man. Yeah, yeah. No matter, no, no matter how you look at it, that's exactly what he's doing. He's taking money that his daughter's getting for sex work. and yeah. Yeah. She's doing a deed for a dollar, and he's wanting his cut. Exactly. Right. Yeah. But that's just a little backstory on that right there. But then... Anyway, back to the yard. Yeah. Uh, Don is uh, reported going back into the house. Yeah. Now, they was trying to talk to him and stuff, but he, he ain't having none of it. No. Because Don is observed returning from the back of the trailer with a semi-automatic weapon. Right. And he shot himself. Shot himself in the head. Yep. And the report pretty much shows that video and audio of the suicide was captured on dash cam footage. Mm. As the additional law enforcement personnel began to arrive to assist with the investigation. But now, the deputies did discover Sarah's body outside, and it was partially underneath a tarp. Right. And the report also states that in addition to being shot in the head, Dale, she was stabbed six times and suffered blunt force trauma to the head, which looked like she was being pistol whipped. And the bodies of the children were found in different locations inside the home, and autopsies show that the youngest child died from a gunshot wound to the torso, and the five older ones died from a gunshot wound to the head. Damn. You got the names of the her kids, Dale? I do. Caleb Coleman was the oldest. He was 11. Kyle Coleman was 9. Jonathan Coleman was 8. Destiny Stewart was 5. Brandon Stewart was 4. And Elena Stewart was 10 weeks old. Yep. And that's the one who was shot in the chest. Yeah. Sarah was 28 when she died, and uh, Don was 51. Mm. Pitiful. And Don Spirit's ex-wife indicated to investigators that she believed that Don was bipolar and possibly under the influence of illegal drugs at the time of all this. Oh, shit. Yeah. And she also mentions that, you know, he'd been smoking that spice but had gone off his medication for at least a month or two. Yeah, it's, it's pretty damn sad, man. Yep. I mean, I don't know. He just, he was way out there. But it seems like to me the the DCF, Department of Children and Family. 18 different investigations yeah, and they can't find nothing wrong. They did not help this family at all. No. They should have took them kids a long time ago. And they, give, they, they, they did, but give them back to her. Yeah, so it was just a. A scare yeah. tactic. Probably. It was just, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Straighten up or we will keep them again. Yeah. But, yeah, it was a scare tactic, no doubt. Now, Dale, the Florida Department of Children and Family Services and two private companies, they agreed to pay $750,000 to settle legal claims resulting in the mass killing in Gilchrist County, which is, you know, Bell, Florida. Right. And, you know, Don Spirit was 51. He murdered his daughter, Sarah, and their six kids. And it was sort of broken up a little bit. The DCF would pay 450000 while the Partnership for Strong Families and Devereaux, which are two companies that help manage state child welfare cases, they paid 250000 and 50000 respectively as part of the settlement. But the money did go to the victims' estates, and according to the department, the family had been involved in 18 child protective custody allegations from February 2006 to September 18, 2014, the day of the killings. 
Yeah, there's even a report came in three days later after they was already did another somebody else reported them. Yeah, that they were observed getting off of the school bus, well dressed, uh, excited to be home, and happy to see their mom. Yep. But this report was filed three days after they were found dead. Right. So they're in there trying to cover their ass. That's all they're doing. Exactly. Sorry, but they know because they knew they failed his family. Yeah. But Don Spirit was involved in six investigations and was alleged to have been the perpetrator in three, including a 2008 instance in which he was arrested for physically abusing his then-pregnant daughter, and the murders prompted questions about whether the department and private providers could have done more to protect the kids. Right, and they would even, you know, say that, you know, Don was, they would uh, say that he was, you know, he's okay to help them out, and would keep going back to him, you know, for him to help them out, even though he was named on over one-third of the the cases the problems yeah, yeah he was on hell he was the one doing stuff too but they was like well you know he can take he'll do it and he'll take care of you he was, mm-hmm. he's a good guy yep and the caseworkers on this they were uh i think they were demoted and received a cut in pay yeah some of the supervisors i'm sure or whatever they were uh, demoted to uh job still in the department but their wages were cut in half yeah so, you know, they really done a good job after that. Oh, yeah. They didn't care about anything after that. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. So nobody was fired or nothing. They just, you know. But because of this, Dale, the, even the state of Florida legislation has passed some laws because of this crime that, you know, more is going to be done to help families. Families a little bit more. Yeah, they're supposed they to sit in some programs where, you know, to, to make everything faster and more real time instead of, going off reports and you know and having to sift through stuff but i don't know i think it's all just a bunch of stuff covering our ass i really don't know how much difference it you know make you know they said there was like a real lack of uh, foster homes down there and stuff but damn they could have found somebody would take these kids in yeah i mean i don't know it's just i just don't understand no but it's a sad situation and don you know in his crazy mind just was just tired he was, yeah. He was he tired, was tired of, of everything and all the shit, and he was going to take care of it. And I think probably, you know, I don't know. Nobody knows really, but I think something happened between him and Sarah, and you know, things went way, way too far. Because yeah. I, I'm, I would think he probably killed her first. Yeah, especially with the beating she took. And then was like, "Well, screw it. We'll just, I'm just taking everybody with me, and I'm going to. Yep, we're yeah. all going. We're all done. Yep." That's that's kind of way because you know nobody really knows what happened. But um, the only one that's still alive is the Don's son Josh, yep. and he is with his mother, Don's wife, ex-wife Christine. But their location is unknown. I couldn't find anything on them where they're at. I thought I heard he was in jail. But I don't know. But anyway, that is the uh, story of Don's spirit. Yeah, I know it's a little scattery, but uh, it ain't a lot to it. But uh, there ain't much more you can find. No. It's a it's a sad tale of uh, injustice. Yeah. You know. Uh, the system failing, a, uh, failing some kids. Yeah. Yep. And Papa Donnie taking them all out. Not this Donnie. No. But Papa Donnie. All right, Dale. We are going to get out of here. All right, man. Let's do it. We want everyone to be safe, be careful, and always be aware of your surroundings. Because the next episode could be about you. This is the Crack House Chronicles. Chronicles.